everyone, it's Lindsay. Uh, before you get in today's, into, into today's episode, I just want to give you a bit of a heads up. Oh, well, first of all, thank you so much to, for listening um, to Crack the Ceiling podcast. I know our episodes come out pretty sporadically, but um, thank you for listening to them when they do come out. We really appreciate your support. As always, we are going to try to record more now that summer is over and now that we're pretty readjusted to life outside of lockdown. Hopefully there will be a bit more um, coming at you through Crack the Ceiling. Um, Outside of that, just a word of warning for today's episode. Turns out sound engineering isn't much like brewing at all, and we're figuring it out. Um, There are some weird humming noises for a little bit through some of the episode. Um, There's just bits and bobs here and there. There's times where we in our conversation, we just casually started name dropping and probably saying names that shouldn't be said out loud. And um, so some of that's just edited out. So there's some there's some jumps in the conversation where you might be listening to it and you're like, what just happened? That's what happened. I had to delete those things. Um, But yeah, thank you once again. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, The chat with MC was great. MC is absolutely amazing. Go follow her at New South Ales. And, um, yeah, hopefully see you all around soon. And hopefully you'll be hearing a lot more from us. Okay, bye. What the fuck does a Cicerone count for if not for actual proof that you know how to taste beers? Like, that tasting exam is not easy. I've never used this program before, so... Something new, something different. Something new, something different. Hello, welcome. Welcome to Crack the Ceiling Podcast. I feel like that's when we should say welcome to Crack the Ceiling after we crack the can. Good thing we can edit this then. We can edit it. We'll, we'll switch it around. <laughs> welcome to Crack the Ceiling. Um, I'm Lindsay. Who are you? It's been a while. It's, it's been a while. A remember, little while. Remember when we said we were going to... Um, record a lot this year do you remember that i do i remember that we're catching up on still two years of not being able to go out yeah um one of us had covid Mm -hmm. so it's you know some reasons why we haven't yeah that's okay we're back out now very good reasons but here we are and you may hear from the background noise we are not only recording in person but we are actually out in a bar drinking beers with other people. With other people? <laughs> not Biscuit, by the way. When we say other people, we are not talking about Tiff's dog Biscuit, which is so often... Actual other humans. Humans. ...waited to join us today mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. this podcast, so yeah. I'm excited. It's been a while. It's been a really long time. It has, it has. Um, do you want to just get into it? Do you want to introduce our very exciting guest? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. All um, right, so I'm very excited to introduce... MC Jarrett. She is a brewer. At <laughs> She's a brewer at Two Birds. Mm-hmm. She's a writer for the Crafty Pine, mm. and she also has a PhD in quantum physics. She has a motherfucking PhD. So, uh, Dr. Jarrett. Yeah, uh, Dr. Jarrett. I suppose uh, I have also had COVID, so that's my introduction. Welcome to the club. Thank you. Yeah, uh, anyone who doesn't say they hasn't had haven't had COVID is definitely a liar. We've definitely all had it by now. Uh, but yeah, thank you. That's thanks for my introduction. Uh, that's pretty much me. Uh, brewer at Two Birds mm-hmm. now, writer at Crafty Pint. 
started my career in the beer industry back in 2016 while doing said PhD. That's uh, a lot at once. Was a was a beer blogger. Uh, moved moved from the craft beer wasteland that was Sydney's North Shore uh, to the inner west, or now the the Golden Triangle, whatever they call it in Marrickville, oh, one yeah. of the highest concentrations of craft breweries in the country. What? what? It's, it's, and it's like every three months another one opens. In, oh, in, in Marrickville. Yes. In Marrickville. I you yeah. were talking about where you're at right now, where two birds. Oh is. God, no. Like, Just that us is there. very new news to me. Like I didn't. <laughs> That is new. I mean, I'll call it the craft beer mecca as well if, if we want to, I'm sure. I mean, you know, there's other breweries there now. Like, when Two Birds first opened, it was it was like the Wild West. What other, That's true. What That's other true. breweries are over there? Uh, Hop Nation, Black oh, shit. Yeah. Right, right, right. Arts. So it's essentially oh, yeah. Footscray area. But Two Birds is the best of them all, of course, mm-hmm. in that area. <laughs> um, yeah, so I started my, started my career there doing uh, blogging. Uh, for my blog, New South Ales, the Instagram handle that I still use because it was way too genius to give up. You also won an award for New South Ales. I did, yeah. So I wrote, not for my blogging, but started writing for, writing for Crafty Pint soon after. Mm. Uh, and then won the AIBA Best Media and got, got my PhD and my certified Cicerone all in the same year in 2019. It was right, a good year. So, um, what, a, what a great let's bow down. transition <laughs> into what we were going to talk about today. Yeah, insane transition. Um, I do, I do want to know though, just just out of curiosity, to go from quantum physics. What made you be like, oh, the metaphysical universe? Kind of lame. Um, beer's cool. Like, what was that switch? Like, what what happened in your brain? I think uh, uh, the whole thing about quantum physics is it's not very hands-on. It's very abstract thing. Mm. Uh, like you never find the answer in your whole lifetime? Exactly, yeah. exactly like that. Whereas beer you make in two weeks and then you get to drink it and enjoy it. And it all just makes sense. It's all there. You can yeah. look at it. You can smell it. And I think that was the, the, point, the trigger point when I learned that that was a thing that beer can do and how much involvement you can have and how much science there is behind it as well. Oh, yeah. I think it was the perfect tie-in. When I graduated with my bachelor's, I knew that I probably wouldn't find a job with just that or anything that was anything that I'd be interested in. So I I did the PhD because I thought that would improve job prospects. But as you say, then you're kind of stuck in the world of academics and university, and it's very competitive and not really a very nice environment to be in once you get to that point. So, I mean, if you're really very driven and very competitive person, you can do very well, but I did not want to be that kind of person. I think probably another thing that attracted me to the beer industry is that everyone is very friendly and willing to help each other, whereas I didn't really have that same experience. It was really everyone against everyone else, so. Maybe I just feel it as a as a woman in the industry. Maybe it's a smaller group to be a part of. But I mean, I wouldn't have been invited on a physics podcast probably. So I mean, we're on a yeah, we're in a bit. There's so know. few physicists that every time I see a physicist on TV, I have a friend uh, who's an astrophysicist, and she's incredible. And actually, I did meet her working in beer. She also made the move. Um, very but wise. Every time there's a physicist on TV, I'm like, do you know that person? And she's always like, yeah, I went to school with them. Or, or worked on something with them. So yeah, small world. Yeah, and I mean, the beer industry is kind of like that as well. Like you kind of get to know 
people and not just the people you work with and not just the people that do the same thing that you do, whether that's logistics or marketing or brewing, you kind of get to know all sorts of people. Yeah, not to say it's not without its problems, definitely. I mean, I think you guys have talked about that and we're all kind of champions for making that very clear, especially with what you do, Tip, with Beer Agents for Change. Uh, so let's not look at it through rose-coloured glasses, but there are some some good things about it. I mean, There's I think heaps. the... We're in it for a reason, right? That's it. And I think the, the, the pink boots and just the whole women collective part of it, which I guess I'm most involved with and feel very strongly about, I think that's really, really a good community to be a part of. Yeah, agreed. Oh, yay. That felt very nice. Oh, that is nice. I think there's, I mean, you also are bringing essentially another aspect into this as a queer woman as well. Mm. And, and, you know, I think it's something we probably don't even talk enough about. Um, which, I don't know, does it, do you ever feel more welcome or less welcome or... Well, it's an interesting question. Um, I've not, not as, as people would say, like I've never experienced life as a man. I've never experienced life as a straight woman, although I pretended very hard for a while. But yeah, I mean, I, th I think sometimes I hear experiences, like for instance, uh, my boss Jane was talking about it on a Women's Day uh, meeting that she did, um, which I listened into with, with Lion, our new company. Uh, and, and she was saying she actually found it quite hard to express herself as a feminine woman in the beer industry because uh, particularly as a brewer, it's, it's a dirty job, it's a tough job. I mean, you wear your hair back, you wear your, your uh, hoodies and your... You wear your men's clothes. Your unisex clothing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And it's quite hard to express that femininity, whereas I don't really feel like I have that part of me that I want to express and I'm quite happy wearing unisex clothing and have being, I don't know, for lack of a better word, a bit blokey, I guess, sometimes. And I think that helps me fit in without losing too much of who I am. Um, but that said, sometimes I definitely feel there are situations where I won't tell people that I'm queer. Uh, you know, maybe some, some people in the industry where I see that that might not be the best thing to say. For the most part, I, I can be open, but I definitely do hold it back uh, sometimes, especially maybe with the quite older generation. I feel, I don't know, I know for me, like my personal experience, one, finding clothes that actually fit my body as a non-male is really yep. hard. But I like I find I found myself just wanting to fit in with the boys when I first started. Mm. Like I just I didn't want to present myself as yeah. like I wanted I never wanted them to question me based on my gender, so I just So you overcompensated? I don't know if that's overcompensating. Well, I just you compensated by trying to fit in, in when yeah, maybe giving up a, a bit of who you really were or who you really wanted to be. Maybe. Yeah. Have you ever felt, like, uncomfortable being vocal about being queer in beer? Or do you think that there is a... Do you think that there's enough support and enough of a space for... 
I think that to grow or to become it more definitely definitely could grow. I think uh, yeah, there's definitely been times where I have felt uncomfortable. Not often, but there have been yeah. times, as I said. Uh, and to be honest, not really with people in the industry so much, but more hunters, more people outside, like yeah. raw, ma like more material people, uh, maybe like truck drivers, yeah. delivery drivers, exactly. Yeah, uh, that probably aren't part of the, so much the community, which I've always found mostly to be welcoming towards it. Um, but I think one of the other things that could be done a bit better is, as you were saying before, Tiff, about pronouns and kind of making that normalized. So, I, I mean, like on Instagram, I want to put my pronouns there. I put it in my email. Mm -hmm. I want it to be normal so that someone that wants to put their pronouns in an email might not be considered strange or unusual. Yeah. Yeah. I just want it to be normal. Mm. And then everyone knows what everyone is feeling is, and then yeah. it's all out in the open and they feel welcome and accepted. Mm. And, you know, unisex bathrooms, a big part of that. I think yeah, that's becoming more and more, yeah. Yeah, more and more of a thing, yeah. but it certainly hasn't been in the past. It's been quite gender divisive. But I mean, I think yeah. for, the, for the most part, breweries are, are doing well and I think as we are quite an open industry, people see that at different breweries and go, mm, maybe I should do that at my own brewery. Oh, and you can see it changing. Like, you can see where breweries have changed the signs in their door. I mean, I had somebody recently, somebody I haven't spoken to since high school, sent me a message on LinkedIn recently, and he was like, why would you put your pronouns in your profile if it's, like, what people assume you are anyway? And I said, it's not about me. It's about building an environment where somebody I meet is comfortable to tell me their pronouns. It's even just every little conversation we have is like making a little bit of inroad. And when it's when, you know, I've seen breweries lately, I so wish I could remember where it was, where they've changed the signs on their doors. Good space to be where we're just, you know, every little change. Mm. Like, hey, this is a bathroom. <laughs> a collection yeah. of them. Just say, just it. use it. Oh, yeah. I think <laughs> just that's use the it. one side. One's a toilet, and one's a toilet with urinal, urinals. Oh, yeah, that there you go. Yeah, that's all you need, That's all right? you need. Yeah, that's it. it. Agreed. Um, all right, so I'm going to pour this beer that we opened at the beginning, because it's just sitting here in the can. But someone's well, we needed drink to crack this. a can. Uh, and I'm going to get more ASMR. So, oh, yes. That's actually that's tickling. Terrible and th that is the worst pour I've ever seen. Okay, first of all, I was doing it for ASMR. Y'all can just it was like. It was worth <laughs> it for that alone. So in case you were wondering where we are, we're at Range in Abbotsford, which is my local. It's not a terrible pour. It's a slow pour. It's going to have better head retention. <laughs> Come on, y'all. <laughs> uh, and what we're pouring is a, it's a Mexican lager, because we're all drinking different which stuff so off funny. tap. I don't know what anyone's drinking, which What's is. Up? All right, so what we're here to discuss. Dr. Jarrett. <laughs> Dr. Jarrett, Dr. Jarrett. But actually. Dr. Jarrett, Dr. Jarrett. Dr. Jarrett, Dr. Jarrett. So, uh, Dr. Jarrett. We're talking Dr. to somebody Jarrett, who Dr. has She's got a PhD. Yeah. She has her certified Cicerone. Mm. She's a brewer, a writer. A what diploma in brewing there as well. And a diploma in brewing. Oh, um, the IBD diploma. Yep. That's it. So there is a little bit of um, potential overcompensation with education, I guess, to 
you know, to feel like you have the authority to make your space in, in the industry. Mm. Definitely, definitely how I feel. Uh, not probably, definitely. Definitely that you overcompensate? Definitely that I overcompensate, yeah. yes. But yet you keep doing it. But yet I keep doing it. Mm. There is a part of me that genuinely does like it. I, I love being a nerd, obviously. A I got a, I got, yeah. yeah, I got a PhD, so obviously gonna wear that nerd badge very proudly. I do love to learn, but there is definitely a part of it uh, that drives it, that is, I need to prove myself and prove that I know stuff uh, and that I can hold my own in a conversation about beer. And I think the reason I wanted to talk to you both about it is I feel like we are similar in that way. We were three Cicerones around a table. Uh, yeah, probably feeling quite similar ways about the overcompensation, probably. Lindsay's making a very big fake smile. She is. I want to. I want to know what you're, what, you're, what you're thinking. Oh no, no, no! It's I, I think as far as that goes, and it's so frustrating. Like I just, I have yet to, I really have yet to meet a woman in beer that is successful, but still chasing all the things. Like, I have yet to meet someone who's working as a brewer, who isn't a cis white male, who isn't, like, who doesn't have all of these certifications, or doesn't have all of these, or like, still thinking about what's the next thing they can get under the belt. Or feels yep. like they aren't able to get ahead until they do until X, they, Y, Z. Until they prove everything, until yep. they prove the absolute point, without a doubt, and it's not just, it is in certain ways, it's probably to themselves, but we also do feel that and it's not coming out of nowhere. I know so many cis white males who are brewers who do not have their IBD general certificate and have no desire to get it, who don't think they need to get their certified Cicerone and who are just like still moving through the industry at a, at a like rapid pace and like also not worried when they go for a job interview, like, mm. it blows, it blows my mind, and this will never stop blowing my mind until this evens out a bit, and I think, like, education's so fucking important for everyone in the industry, and you're working in this industry, don't yeah. you want to be better? Well, just the knowledge, the knowledge, the that knowledge that non-cis white males are bringing into this industry is probably super undervalued, as we had discussed earlier with MC, is, mm -hmm. like, properly valuing the knowledge that you have. And I would say generally, I think the industry undervalues all of the knowledge yeah. that the non-cis white males are bringing into the industry. Like just straight up, way more certifications, way more education, and a whole lot more experience to tap into usually as well. Yeah, from different backgrounds. Yeah. Definitely, yeah, I think, uh, and, and one thing that I hear a lot uh, about that is well, you know, it's it's all theory. Brewing is a is a hands-on thing, and and unless you've actually done it in practice, then you don't really know it. But I mean, I, I agree to an extent, but it's not that hard. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I think I was having a conversation with uh, with someone for a Crafty Pint article that I wrote, and they were saying that they had always thought brewing was so hard to get into because they saw so many people as brewers that didn't look anything like them, mm -hmm. and therefore they saw it as kind of this unattainable thing. And when you actually do it, like it's, it's just like any trade, you learn it and then you can do it. Uh, but th I think there's, there's 
lot of neglect for, for people with the knowledge uh, behind the whole process, which, you, which sure, you learn in time after a little while, and you do need to do the hands-on stuff to learn. Yeah. But I think the fact that that makes the theory part and a Cicerone or a diploma quite undervalued is very disappointing. It well, it's all the pieces around it. Like, I think there's also a lot of value in a brewer who is able to get up and speak to people or a brewer who can help sell the beer because you can make the best beer in the world, but it doesn't mean anything if no one can sell it. Yeah, when I was working in uh, packaging at CUB, we would always there was there was always a bit of a fight between brewing and packaging, and packagers would say, "Without us, you'd just be a puddle, puddle on the floor," <laughs> and that's pretty true for all aspects of beer, like marketing yeah. as well. Without without marketing, you just have beer sitting in a warehouse going off. No no one's going to drink it. I mean, it's all as important as each other in the scheme yeah. of things. And if there are people out there that can contribute more than one tiny little thing, then that should be valued far more than it is. Yeah. I think it's a it's a it's a big problem as well in the fact that we were talking about a different person who left the industry and I think it, it, it makes it quite hard to move up. So you can have as many qualifications as you want and as much different experience, but as you're saying, the person that's been there for a while will always be above you. And it, and it, it kind of drives you to a point where you think, what the hell else do I have to do? Where do I go? Yeah. And then, yeah. so you just yeah. leave altogether. And I see that happening more and more. And I was even having a conversation about it today that you just see people leaving the industry because it's just it, there's no clear path into how you get any further because it is just mates of mates sitting in these positions and yeah and, and, and yeah I mean as I said like I there is benefit in that to know how a, a brewery works but I think there's also benefit in promoting people and attracting people that have varied experience yeah uh, and I, I I definitely see a lot of the first part of that but I don't see very much of the second part yeah with with um, and this is probably now going off on a different track but I want to ask it before I forget. Um, as far as, because you do have both your certified Cicero and your IBD diploma, mm -hmm. um, what what do you think, like, why did you choose to do Cicero and, and did you do your gin cert, like your IBD gin cert first? Like, what was the progression of things and when did you go, okay, that's not enough, this is what I do next, okay, that's not enough, and this is what I do next? And when do you decide that something isn't enough? So, the Cicero and I did because I had been interested in beer for a while while doing my PhD. So in 2016, I think I got into it. And then I didn't actually, you know, register for the exam until 2019. So that was three years later, uh, which is about half the time I've been in the industry, really, if not a little less. Um, but yeah, I, I, th that was probably the, the best thing that I did in terms of increasing my beer knowledge. Mm -hmm. And I did it because I thought I probably could. Um, I, I knew that I was good at learning and studying. I knew that I could, I drink, like I knew that I had drunk enough beers that I'd be all right at the tasting part of it. Hey, and then, hey, hey. <laughs> I've drunk enough beer. 
I fine. mean, if you're a student, you know how much beer yeah. you drink as a student, right? So. I mean, good beer? That's a whole other thing. Pro, yeah, well, okay. Yeah, let's, yeah. Sk let's skip that part. But yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> true. Because I wanted to get what I, I thought that was a pretty good base level of beer knowledge. Now realizing that that's actually a pretty fucking good qualification to have and actually quite hard mm. and even harder now in Australia to get. There's not a lot of tests going on, not a lot of the tasting portion. Um, so I had that uh, and then I joined CUB. I moved to Melbourne for that job and uh, I was put in packaging and I didn't want to be in packaging, I wanted to be in brewing. So probably maybe in my first in my first week, I learned that everyone does a diploma as a grad, uh, which is a fantastic initiative, I gotta say, uh, credit where credit is due. But uh, I was in the packaging stream, so I was gonna do a diploma in packaging and the brewers did a diploma in brewing. And in my second week at the company, I was like, I don't wanna do a diploma in packaging, I wanna do it in, in brewing. Uh, and they, saw that I had the Cicerone and that I'd worked at a brewery batch beforehand and they said okay yeah fair enough like we see that you that's the path you're interested in so you can do that but then that still wasn't enough for me so it's a three module exam usually people do three modules in three years and I did three modules in one year because that's you're the kind of person that I am yeah. <laughs> so the diploma wasn't so much decided for me uh, it, it was sorry it wasn't so much my own decision it was more something that was decided for me mm. but then I still decided to go way too hard yeah. <laughs> on it in my own way now I'm like what what can I do next master yeah. brewer like this Seawall course that we were talking you about should. there aren't a lot of master brewers in Australia I mean I mean just saying with all of the studying, mm. what, and this is maybe helpful to anybody who's listening as well, what mm. resources have you found the most helpful through your whole journey of learning? Mm. So, two answers immediately come to mind. Uh, for my Cicerone, I think that book, Tasting Beer by mm. Randy Mosher, that's a really yeah. good book. I think- uh, That's like the basics standard if you want to learn about beer. Definitely. Absolutely. But I was, I was recently asked by someone wanting to learn more about beer, where do I start? And you know, looking back on it, you think that actually was a really good resource to start with. It, it, it covers a, a whole bunch, covers the draft systems, covers the brewing process, covers beer styles. In an approachable way. Exactly. It doesn't put you off. It's and, never... And, and if anyone can... out there works in sales, you can sign up, get a free month of Audible, and download it, and listen to it while you're driving. Clearly, I've trained sales teams. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's a great book for, for a good introduction. And then you can delve deeper into whatever else that you want to do. Yeah. And then the book that I found, mo this is going to be the fucking nerdiest thing that's ever going to come oh, out I'm of my so mouth. I'm so excited for this. I'm like the, waiting. The, 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 the book that I found most useful for my diploma was an enthralling read called The Encyclopedia of Brewing by Chris Bolton. Ooh. That's a pretty big book, though. It's kind of like the so your Oxford Companion to Beer that you yeah. read for your Cicerone, yeah. but it's like an amped up more sciencey version of that. Yeah, it's right. not a book you read cover to cover, it's an alphabetical order of all yeah. the brewing terms, but they're all explained really, really well. So anytime I was confused about something in the learning material, I'd go look at that book and see what that book had to say. And even now, I use it. Even now, if I am confused about something or I forgot something, you can just search it, you look it up in your phone, and the way that it explains it is so helpful. Very nerdy, but very helpful. I think something that I'm always really, really insecure about 
in brewing is um, my lack of mechanical knowledge. I am not a mechanical engineer. I did not grow up with a father, so I didn't. Grow Neither up are the people you with work cars. with. Are they mechanical engineers? Um, but they, but there's, but there's a difference, right? Hold, hold on, hear me out. There's a difference between men and women in the way we no, are raised. Right. And I was not that's raised true. with a father at all, and I was not raised to tinker on things. Like yeah. that's mm -hmm. not how I was raised. I was raised to do a dance and sing a song like literally yeah. so there's there's a big there's a big there is a youth most fundamental years gaps of knowledge that I was not I didn't know how to look under the hood of a car it's these basic things that I think that men do have because of how they are just normally yeah. the patriarchy mm. I mean and the confidence to tinker yeah. I don't have the confidence to tinker either I can look at something and be like oh I'm pretty sure I could fix that but I'm so afraid of breaking it and I just don't have that innate confidence whereas I do see a lot of men that shouldn't have that confidence have that confidence <laughs> and you know I don't know I feel that so hard. Like every, I, I just see the difference between me and male brewers, and I'll always be like, "Am I, am I doing this right? Or I'm going to do it this way? Is that the right way to do it?" And they just fucking do it. And if they it breaks, it. tough it's shit. Confident. But <laughs> they just, they just go ahead and, mm. and try. I'm like, where do I get that confidence from? Like, I would never be able to just go ahead and do it without checking that I was doing it the right way first. 100%, I'm the yeah. same. I'm yeah. the same. Probably the opposite, where I'm like, "That's broken." I'm gonna pull up a YouTube video, pull it apart, and if I can't put it back together, I'll figure it out somehow. God, I, I wish I could that. be like that. Yeah, I respect that so Which is hard. Like, I'm not that person. <laughs> Teach me to be like that, please. Which is so yeah. funny, because like both my, you know, my brother growing up and my boyfriend are like, wouldn't touch it. Like, my like bike trainer broke down during COVID and bike shops weren't open, and I was like, well, fuck it, I'm gonna pull it apart and fix it. And my boyfriend like couldn't even be in the room with me while I did it, because it stressed him out so much. I would be him. I'd be like taking pictures, like, where did that screw come from? Are you sure that's gonna go back there? <laughs> Which going mean, on all the Reddits. So Reddits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just looking for an answer, posting photos, and then needing at least five confirmations that you're yes. doing the right thing from random strangers on the internet that you don't so even I know what their credentials validation are. from random strangers. Okay, Dr. Jarrett. Um, so, but what's what's the end game for you? Like, what what is what is the? Where do you see yourself in five years? No, I don't give a fuck about that. The planet's gonna be dead by then. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Five years? Maybe, or we're gonna yeah, be dead. I don't know. <laughs> There's a war. It's been some new COVID variant. COVID yeah. war. Who fucking knows anymore? Dying planet. Yeah. Just, um, All at know. once, probably. Yeah. yeah. Another Melbourne earthquake. Who knows? <laughs> Who? Oh, yeah. Um, I have no right, idea yeah, what so my no idea what my end game is. Um, we can workshop that later. What's your next qualification going? Though? Like, what is what is your next? What are you I working on now? I don't think she now? needs one. I. We Probably not, but I'll get one anyway. Uh, I have been looking at some do. microbiology things. I'm oh, interest, shit, that's cool. interested interested yeah, in cool. the quality side of things, so mm. I've been I've been looking at that. Um, that or the master brewer. Um, yeah, um, as you said, get someone else to pay for it. Very mm. lucky that the company does have a great professional development say, fund. Now being part of a very large company again. Yeah, um, exactly. So I would I'd say that's that's probably on the table. I would say that I. Probably have enough qualifications, uh, but if they're gonna offer me another one, 
Might as well take it. There are some brewing microbiology courses in the United States that you can take that are that are like like Oregon State University, I believe. I have seen that. I have seen that one. I think you some a lot of them you have to that one I think has an online section, but there a lot of them you have to go to. Yeah. You oh, okay. That sounds <laughs> that sounds okay. Might Australia as well. Australia is short on education. It is. Like as it far is. as um, higher education in brewing. Definitely. I mean, it's, I think it's something they're just trying, they're trying to, to tackle to work on now. now. Yeah. You know, it's kind of nice to know that we all feel the same. No matter, even if we present quite confidently, yeah. uh, there's still a lot of stuff going <laughs> yeah. on underneath. Oh, yeah. um, but yeah. hey, in five years' time, either the planet's gone or we're <laughs> equality, so <laughs> hopefully the second one. We'll see. I mean, if it goes down, it, we all go down together. That's right? true. Mostly. Equ- at least there's equality Except in that, like Elon in that situation. Like those people, but. On his spaceship to Mars, yeah. <laughs> They better bring a, they'll bring a brewer with them, but the brewer that they bring will be a man because he'll convince them that he can do it. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, All right. Um, right, so we didn't taste beer this episode, which is funny because we're all Cicerones, so we could have done a blind tasting, but... I mean, we still can. Oh, we could, yeah. Um, she is listening because... Uh, in the venue and it's a very small venue and she can hear us probably and then she'll listen to us again thanks carol so i asked her to just pour three beers i just put my phone down paid for them i don't know what they are but i do know that that's something on tap at range today which is you know it's a full tap list today so it could be damn near anything Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so three cicerones sat at a table yeah and got a hazy beer three cicerones walked into a bar Sorry, I'm yelling loudly. Three sisters walked into a bar. One of them ate a bunch of mints. <laughs> now, Lindsay had now a bunch can't of mints taste anything. A bunch of Eclipse um, peppermint mints that are. If you can guess this beer after that, so, then that'd be very impressive. It's just the winter freshness of peppermint mm-hmm. that I love so much. Like I, I don't regret like my decision of eating them. I know. Yeah, but like they cool down your mouth. You're just like, <sighs> so cold. All right, so this beer is hella hazy. Like. Yeah, I cannot see anything through Street that. Straight, juicy, hazy to the point of it almost being gray. No shadows. Yeah. Like, ports all the way to the top, <laughs> no head. But not like an ugly haze. It's like No, no, it's quite a nice haze. It's a nice haze. It's, it's an orangey yellow. It's an orangey yellow haze, like the sun. And unsurprisingly, incredibly aromatic. Like mango juice. Yeah, mango like crazy. There's also maybe still some pizza on our hands from earlier. I was gonna say. Is that ham? Is that ham I'm smelling? <laughs> I'm also just like Uh yeah, it's mango. Uh, it's tropical. I'm not getting like I think there's a little like a orange, like orange Yeah, a little orange, orange pulpy orange what I'm juice. Not getting yeah, like, like pulpy New Zealand pops really though. This is all Australian or American hops for sure. Everybody's laughing and sipping now, and we know from experience. I'm just confused. What emotions are going through your head right now? It's not good. It's like no. I think that's the mint. That's that's the mint. It's it's orange juice after toothpaste. It is not. 
it does something to like this, there's still like a bitter burn. There's like a harshness that's coming through and I'm not getting any fruit flavors whatsoever. That is definitely not at all what I'm getting. So I'm okay. gonna say that's 100% the mint. Yeah. Like my tongue's coating. In mint or? In mint. Okay, yeah. yeah. So it's funny because one thing about range beers is, you know, they're released once a week. So you're generally getting things that are super fresh. And oftentimes with these really hazy beers, sometimes a few days later they are better or the week later they even are better. It does have like the slightest touch of harshness, but it's not a bad harshness. But I, I would say that whatever this is, is very fresh. Um, I am taking myself out of this tasting because I <gasps> genuinely cannot taste anything. It is orange juice. It's like orange sherbet -y. Yeah, it is orange sherbet. I like orange that. Sherbet. That's definitely. Orange Julius. Have you ever had an orange yeah. Julius? Yeah. Okay, it's orange Julius, right? So orange Julius is this orange juice shop that you go to at a mall like, in America. But it's like melted orange ice cream. Yeah, and it's not, it's, it's weird straw. and it's shook up and it's like when you drink it, it's kind of just froth, but it's like orange mm. froth. Is that all they sell or? Yeah. Yes, that's all they sell. It cannot be good oh, for you Oh, they sell hot dogs. <laughs> Man, America is so weird sometimes. <laughs> hot dogs and foamy orange juice. All right, yeah, so this smells shop. like mangoes and tastes like orange Julius. Like, a, I think my first sip, there was like a touch of like that, like hot harshness, but it's kind of really dissipated and it's, it's actually quite nice because it's not too sweet. What are we thinking about? We like a hops? wet hop, a fresh, like a eclipse, no. eclipse oh. though? Mm. No. Like mm. No? Not eclipse. I feel like I, I, feel like I <laughs> No, I think I'm going to go American Seen hops. so much fucking eclipse recently. I'm gonna go sure. American hops, not Australian hops on this one. Uh, not... El oh, really? E El Dorado? Equinot. Could be both. And maybe even still a touch of mosaic in there. I, I think I'm hitching my horse on a solid Equinot. Sorry, I, there's jokes. Just keep, um, keep saying it in different ways. Listen, I'm gonna go six and a half percent. Oh yeah, American hops. Oh, do we have to? IPA. Is that how specific we have to be? Okay. I mean, um, you know, as specific as you can be. El Dorado's a good call. Mm. I think maybe some sabro. Nah, there's no sabro on this one. I fucking I can't taste shit. No, there's some. There's some. I think this. They put in peppermint there. in there for there's some reason. Weird, <laughs> there's this weird. This weird peppermint taste. When you guys are about done with your beer, you should have a mint and then taste the beer and tell me what it tastes like. I'm really sure I want to do. There might be a touch of lactose in here as well. Definitely, yeah, for sure. I would no, agree no, with no, that. It's like a. It's like a well balanced amount of lactose. Yeah, just enough to make it that smooth mouth feel, but not enough to make it sweet. That's what makes sweet. it sherbety instead of That's juicy. what makes it sherbety, yes. Agreed. Agreed. So we're going with you cannot Eldorado. Touch a mosaic. I'm agreeing six and a half, seven percent. Bit of lactose. Yeah, I think ABV wise. I'm gonna go for seven and a half. Nah. I know. Right. So we're going six and a half, like seven, seven and, and a half. half. I think it's five and a half. Nah, you think? I mean, the lactose could be tricky. This could be a trick. Do you think it's a pale ale, not an IPA? Yep, I'm gonna say double dry hot pale ale. Oh, I'm going IPA. I'm. I mean, yeah, I'm going IPA. Wait, I'm going IPA. I'm saying hazy, hazy IPA, IPA specifically. 
the haziest of IPAs. Got one of the hops. <laughs> Wait, El Dorado. This is hard when we know it's generally going to be a hazy of sorts. Like this is mm. what makes. No, it I know. Hard. That's yeah, what, but that's I mean, the whole part of the range. experience. Yeah. Range. That's like the Australian beer scene. That's the there's an expectation. It's a it's a fucking rad lager or it's a hazy IPA. Oh, your face. It's a double oh. dry hot pale, isn't it? No. West Coast IPA. No. But telling us the name will tell us nothing? Is that what you're going to tell Well, us? without doubt. It's an oat IPA. Oh, okay. So, oh, okay. Oats. And 6.5%. I'm going to Google nice. it right now to Ooh, see yeah. what pops are in it. The, uh, the alternative here oats. is to walk up to the fridge and find out. Oh, they, there's a menu online here usually. Mosaic, Citra, Centennial, and more Citra. Lupo Max. They used Lupo Max. Citra Centennial Mosaic. All right. Citra, I'm ju- I'm actually no, genuinely surprised that you can get that kind of orange of aroma citra? from those hops. Yeah. Citra. Say again. Mosaic Citra Centennial and Citra Centennial. So basically just Citra. Lupo Max. Basically the dry hop is just Citra. Centennial and Citra. I'm. Yeah, Mosaic, wow. Lupo Max so must be all that mango. Mm. I didn't know Mosaic had mango in, and I thought Mosaic was just But you know how tiny... Mosaic can be pineapple, but it can also go like bubblegummy, and somewhere in between is the mango. Really? I'm... Mosaic can go really bubblegummy. I did not know that. I'm very glad that I can't taste this because I don't like Citra. <laughs> oh, no, this is I mean, good. this is not... I just lost my shoe. That was me. Don't worry, don't worry about that. It just came up. That's fine. Uh, put it back on. Oh, I didn't know such a strange thing to lose. You don't lose your shoes? While you're sitting just down. Just randomly. Um, yeah, I'm really surprised that they, those that combination of hops makes that. Is there lactose that's, in this? That's great. Does it say? Nope. Really? No, this is all I guess the that's oats. the oats, yeah. Um, it is, but guess what ah. percentage of oats? A lot. Over half. Yeah, Holy I would crap. say a shitload. Of malted and flaked oats. Okay. The fact that it's as thick as it is, I'm not surprised. Just, Hopefully like, they put rice hulls in there. Because I'm like, rice man, floundering that beer just has to really hurt. And just get some porridge out. The feelings. Yeah, fascinating. Um, I genuinely am still tasting peppermint. I'm so. really, really enjoying this beer. Yeah, so this I'm is a really nice you. beer, yeah. All right. They are Before we head off, yes. Yeah. MC, what are you excited to drink or do in the in the coming week or so? In the coming week, well, uh, I did mention that I'm finally graduating three we three weeks, three years after uh, leaving university grounds for the last time. Wow. So I think I'm gonna pop into Odd Culture in Newtown after my graduation and buy the most expensive beer on the menu. So Good. I'm pretty keen for that Ooh, yeah and then shortly after yeah it's gonna be something good i'll uh put it on the instagram and then shortly after going to the uk new south Wales, uh, yeah at, at new south Wales, if you want to follow uh, and then my partner's finally going back to the uk to see her mom after oh. also three years uh, last time we went there was july 2019 so Gonna sink my teeth into some ESB, some Ooh, Belgian beers. Some We're going to else. going to Munich. Oh, just gonna like, have yeah. a beer adventure. Yeah, she's gonna be dragged along to all the breweries and bars. Okay, Can't so you have like, about that. a lot of really big and exciting things to look yes. forward to, Dr. Jarrett. Um, Tiff, what are you looking forward to? Well, we drinking. Have a, I mean, we have a whole bunch of Pink Boots Brew Days coming up, yeah. so I'm really excited. We're trying to make our way to most of them, mm-hmm. as many as we can get to. 
all over the country. So it was one down, nine to go. Yeah, so a good. A lot of that. I'm very excited. So 10 years of Pink Boots Australia, 10 collaboration brews. So good. I'm excited for AIBA judging. Mm-hmm. I'm excited because we get to nominate three associate judges. Mm-hmm. Like that's all happening this week right now. There's like heaps on right now. So yeah, I'm busy and I'm excited and there's a lot on. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's it for me, I guess. Drinking is like the bottom of my priority list at the moment, unfortunately. Yeah. I'm very keen to try our Pink Boots gin, the world's first Pink oh, Boots gin. Yeah, that's so exciting. That so is really exciting. The, the first, the, the one down, one of 10, was the first gin collaboration brew with the Pink Boots hops from Yakima Chief. So we did this at Brogan's Way over in Richmond. Uh, really excited there's some really cool botanicals in there yeah uh all the members chose the botanicals that went into it like there was a whole it was so so fun so good rogan's so like so fun to work with and makes just incredible gin and like you she's a scientist so she sciences how she makes gin we had a we had very similar stories both started as scientists both didn't like it went into booze yeah love it yeah it's it's cool i'm a big fan of her gin really big fan mm. just different there's like the the distillers who like make things based on feel and taste and and brogan just sciences it but it makes everything just really smooth and drinkable yeah. i like it it's a fun story it's fun um, to talk to i think my last question that i'm trying to other than like you know doing the socials where do we find you rah, 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 um is going to be do you think beer can save the world Yeah, I think so. I think the conversations we can have over beer, uh, especially after a few, I think that opens the door to stuff. I mean, I think I've probably met both of you in in real life, like probably count on one or two hands the number of times we've actually spoken in person. Well, I mean, it wasn't our fault. It was COVID's fault, really. But all the conversations I've had with both of you have been so good. I've learned so much. I hope you've learned from me too. Absolutely. And I think if that's what beer can do to facilitate those conversations, then mm. for sure it can change the world. Amen. Love it. All right. All right. And where do we find you, MC? Dr. Jarrett. Uh, Dr. New South Wales, my great Instagram handle that I will never give up. On the Instagram, no longer really use Facebook. Uh, don't even know what Twitter is. So just on Instagram. TikTok? TikTok. I wish I could do TikTok. <laughs> Lance, uh, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at Talk Beardy to me on all social media channels, including TikTok. Including TikTok. For us non-TikTok users, I assume you repost Instagram for us. No. Oh, is that not cool? Not very often. God, I have no trends, idea. Like you, I don't know. I don't watch reels, so I have no idea when the TikTok trends are hitting reels, and they're normally like a month or two old by that oh. point, and it's just too much. Way to too behind up. the times. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Tip, <laughs> where can we find you? I'm Beer Girl Bites on all social media. Pretty easy to find. And... And? And when's your TikTok coming? I brew it up. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's been great great. to have beers and hang out and learn a little bit more about Dr. Jarrett. Thank you, Rain. Appreciate you guys for staying around. Being here for us. We are the last last people in the venue, so. I'm sorry.
Classic. All right. Classic move. Signing Thanks, and we'll, uh, we'll see you next time on Crack the Ceiling Podcast. Flawless. <laughs>